0: I don't know about you guys, but it's beginning to look like it may be possible, maybe, that the twenty nineteen Red Sox season will not be as successful as twenty eighteen. Just an idle thought, not a lot of empirical evidence to back up such a specious claim, except for the being eight and a half games out with forty one games to go and running on a conveyor belt of banana peels ever since late July. Twelve losses in their last fifteen, with one other game still pending. This one Monday night in Cleveland really hurt. But we're here to break it down because this is Socks Daily. It's your daily Socks Podcast. It's your daily Socks Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what. Throwing a lot of old music references at you guys lately, so I'll do it again. 40 years ago, the band Boston was known for the lyric, more than a feeling. Right now, the team, Boston, is getting known for the lyric, less than a feeling. Case in point, they have now scored 31 runs in four games against Cleveland this year. They've got one win. This was a night of coming close and battling back, only to get walked off. 6-5 6-5 to five, the final. Josh Lewin with you, and if you're feeling a little blue, a little bummed, I'm feeling you. Uh, more than a feeling. This was a game that set up as a potential comeback conquering, a win that could really lift your spirits and the ball club's confidence. It just was not to be. The Red Sox are 22nd in the majors in win percentage since the All-Star break. They're ahead of teams like the Orioles and Marlins and Padres, Mariners, White Sox, Rockies, Tigers. That's about it. Uh, And before the game, some news of note that wasn't great. Michael Chavis, who turned 24 on Sunday, certainly did not have a party at Fenway Park. He went 0 for 2, another strikeout on Sunday, closed the homestand 0 for 12. He's hitting 156 in August. Now he's on the IL. He's got a sprained left shoulder, and maybe that's been part of the ice horse's drop-off. But also, opposing pitchers are attacking Chavis just mercilessly with fastballs right up at the top of the zone, And Chavis, it's almost like he's been so focused on trying to close that hole, he's created another, because now he's not hitting anything at the bottom of the zone. Rotation. Let's talk rotation news. No more Andrew Kashner to kick around for a while. He goes to the bullpen as a long man, says Alex Cora. Kashtner's six starts as a Red Sox yielded an ERA of eight. His uh, last two starts, 19 base runners allowed in a total of seven innings, which is pretty close to a whip of three. Dan Shaughnessy had the, the quip in the Boston Globe. He said, this guy makes John Wazden look like Juan Marichal. The Sox are, uh, well, they're 9-9 nine and nine in games started by spot starters, guys like Velazquez and Josh Smith and Weber and Brian Johnson. But in Kashner's starts, they're 1-5. And, and the whole point of bringing him in was to make sure that uh, at least you get some stability before you had to go to spot starters. So Kashner, just not delivering, goes out of the rotation for now. There are six days off in 19 days beginning Thursday, which is remarkable. Five full days off, and you know, we're kind of a day off on August 22nd, that makeup game where they maybe will only play for 10 minutes. But as much as the Red Sox struggles lately have fallen on the rotation, got to mention the offense has faded significantly this month, too. In August, the team has scored four runs or fewer, nine out of 12 games. Devers is hitting 230, Moreland 225, Bogarts 240, Bradley 116 coming into the game on Monday. But this is a chance for the Sox to get out of a 3-11 rut over the last two weeks. Chance for Cleveland to get sole possession of first in the AL Central for the first time since April 19th. So the game opens up with a couple bullets off the bats of Betts and Devers, but two outs. And how can you not think, here we go again? That's kind of how this night would shape up. Bottom of the first two quick outs from Eduardo Rodriguez, but then a walk and a Franmil Reyes to run a home run, the Franimal. As he was known in San Diego, a very docile Franimal to date in Cleveland. He was hitting 111 as an Indian, and the only reason he was playing, Yasiel Puig has picked these three days to drop the appeal of his suspension from the fight he got into his last day as a Cincinnati Red. The Twins were a little chapped. He didn't do that over the weekend because against the Twins, Puig just won eight for 19 with a couple of home runs. Anyway, uh, bottom of the third, another Cleveland home run, this time the resurgent Jose Ramirez, who was crap on a cracker through June. He's been Manny Ramirez, not Jose Ramirez, since the start of July. And by the way, doesn't anyone hit solo home runs against the Red Sox anymore? All the Angels did all weekend was hit two and three run home runs. And now through three innings in Cleveland, you got a Reyes two-run shot, a Ramirez three-run shot. And with a spent Red Sox bullpen, you're not looking for anything other than a, a suck-it-up from Eddie Rodriguez. Got to keep grinding down 5-1. to one. Sox do get one back in the top of the fourth. J.D. Martinez runs his hit streak to 12 with a homer of his own. fourth jack in the last five days for J.D., who has certainly not been the issue of late. His OPS this month is over 1,300. After the home run, Benintendi walks, but Vasquez, who's been slumping, rolls into a double play. Moreland walks and does get doubled home by Brock Holt. 5-3, Jackie Bradley Jr. up, but Jackie's had a bad last three weeks. He grounds out to end the threat. Indians threaten in the bottom of the fourth. Rodriguez sneaks out of a jam. He pops up Carlos Santana. He strikes out the franimal. Top of the fifth, you want more frustration? Betts lines to first. Devers walks. Bogarts gets him to third, almost hit it out, took it off the top of the left field wall, then gets thrown out trying to get to second base. Kind of thing that, that never seemed to happen last year. It's been happening a lot this year. J.D. Martinez can't save the inning, can't put on the cape and be a Rust Belt superhero. He grounds out to Jason Kipnis. It's still 5-3 to three halfway through. A scoreless sixth, and due to time constraints, we move ahead to further action. Top of the seventh, Tyler Clipper to pitching for the Tribe. JBJ swinging it for the Sox. And there's a little Jackie Bradley left field action, home run the other way. Jackie's got close to a 500 batting average when he puts it in play to left field. Most of his home runs go that way. But then Betts grounds out, Devers fouls out, Bogart strikes out again. All those guys in struggle mode this month. Darwin's and Hernandez on, trying to keep it 5-4. to four. And Rodriguez, when he checked out, six innings, did give up ten hits and five runs, but he made it through six innings. That's 19 straight starts of at least five innings anyway for Eddie, which these days is laudable, but... Now in the last 16 Red Sox games, Red Sox starters, 8.2 ERA, a whip of 1.8. This is a rotation. You know it. Paycheck, $88 million to have this rotation. Right now, it's the third worst ERA in Red Sox history from a rotation. And this team has been around since the flag only had 45 stars on it. Anyway, Hernandez on. Immediately, Ramirez rips a double to right. Roberto Perez sacrifices him to third. Sacrifice? Yeah. That's the thing. Did, did you know the Angels? The team the Sox just played have two sacrifice bunts all year. And did you know the Astros have yet to intentionally walk even one batter all year? I'm just throwing that out there because that, that kind of stuff's remarkable to me. Modern day baseball. So with that insurance run at third, Hernandez bears down. He strikes out Kipnis. He gets Greg Allen to ground out. Nice work. On to the eighth. J.D. pounds one to right. Not quite enough to get out, but Benintendi does single and maybe this is it. No, nope, Vasquez strikes out on three pitches. Moreland against the veteran lefty, Oliver Perez. But aha, aha, Cora counters with the righty bat, Sam Travis, who promptly doubles to left. Ben Intendi held at third. In Cleveland, the site of Travis's first big league homer last year, now this is a fairly important double. Sam's 18 for 58 with nine extra base hits since his most recent call up. Tying man at third, go ahead man at second. It brings up the Brock star who cranks one if it gets in a right at 6-5 to five Boston, but it's caught by Santana at first, and there you go. A festival of frustration continuing. Hernandez puts up another zero in the bottom of the eighth, so one last shot, top of the ninth, Indians closer Brad Hand, one-time Red Sox draft pick, and a guy rumored to maybe be coming back at some point this year, never did. And the, the long line of Cleveland closers, uh, Doug Jones, Jose Mesa, Mike Jackson, Bob Wickman, Joe Borowski, Chris Perez, Brad hands right up there. He's a guy who's an all-star 2.6 ERA. He's saved 29 of 32 gets Bradley to ground out, but then top of the order, which as of the end of July was the best one, two, three, in all of baseball. Remember Mookie draws a full count walk. He still got his career high this year for on base percentage and a pile of walks, helping out Devers now sliders away to him one right after another, but then on the one high fastball, he sees, he swings at what would have been ball four. Another strikeout, another bat slammed down like it's part of a midway arcade game. He's trying to win a stuffed bear. It leaves the whole night to Bogarts and hand a part of the bullpen with the lowest DRA in the entire big leagues. Bogarts creams him. It sends another one right up against the fence. Tyler Naquin, who had robbed J.D. Martinez at that spot before. Two other fly balls that just missed to left. Finally, you get a well-hit ball that does what you wanted it to do. The ball gets beyond Naquin. It's a double, ties the game. 5-5, five, five, and they intentionally walk J.D. to get to Ben Tendi. Xander steals third since he's not being held on. Opponents 0 for 18 this year against hand with two outs and runners in scoring position. So odds not exactly stacked in Benny's favor. Lefty to lefty, Benny gives it a ride, but Naquin goes and gets this one on the warning track. So to the bottom of the ninth we go. Marcus Walden, no hits allowed to the last 30 batters he's faced. So, of course, first batter he gets Monday. Well, yeah, you know, Carlos Santana puts the oi into oye como va, a hanger belted into the left center bleachers, 26th of the year for Santana. He had been the hero the day before in Minnesota with a 10th inning slam. This time it's a 9th inning solo, and that's that. After the game, another game where the Sox score five runs but lose. Alex Cora to the microphones.
1: There were two, two at-bats there against Santana that kind of like changed the, the innings, you know. We have two outs, 0-2 count. Uh, he walks. Um, next hitter, he's a homer. He had an 0-2 again. He walks or he gets a hit, whatever. You know, he gets on base. The next guy gets on base, and then uh, he made a bad pitch to uh, Ramirez, you know, and... Uh, We've been talking about it, limiting damage, and uh, the way you limit damage is avoiding walks, especially when you're way ahead in the in the count. And and those two at bats, you didn't put him away, and you know it costs us you know five runs. What's the emotional swing like from the top of the ninth to the bottom? Um, honestly, it's tough, you know, because we I do feel this is one of the best games we play in a while, as far as like be locked in and and uh, grinding at bats and. Now, that's a good baseball team everybody knows and you know we were in the hole and we kept fighting 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 we, we find a way to start the game but then that happens you know and um, I mean Walden, Walden has been outstanding for us for for a while he just happened he hung uh, a breaking ball there but uh is it, it's, it's, it's one of those that hey, you know it really sucks but uh, at the same time I think you know we did a lot of good things today that we haven't done in a while so that's a positive had yeah, workmen ready you. Bring him in to lead. I mean, we were very, very limited, and uh, you know, he was going to come in to, to uh, with the lead. Um, it's just one of those. There was a lot of guys down, and you know, to push the envelope that quick there. Although you know, it causes the game there, you know, but it's not. It's a decision that is a hard one because we were very limited. So. Would, who else might you have had? That <laughs> not, not too many. Not too many. So you had decided before the game you were really going to use him in that? Yeah, I mean, we tied the game. Well, he's throwing the ball well. He can give us, uh, yeah. you know, he gets a double play right away. So that's, a, that's that was good for us. So we felt like he was going to be able to go. You said you felt this was the best game, one of the best games you've played in a while because of how you were locked in. What do you mean by locked in? I mean, you said the at-bats. Uh, yeah. We did a good job against the starter. We did a good job against the bullpen. Uh, you know, we used certain guys and they did the job. So, um, I mean, it felt it felt good all, all around. Obviously, he's... A, yeah. Yeah, it's not cool that we lost, you know, and we need to win games, you know. that's There's no moral victories in the big leagues. But as far as, like, what I saw, you know, throughout the game, it was pretty good. Now, it seemed like one pitcher here or there. Is it it's kind of how it's been? For- <laughs> I mean, it's tough. Yeah, It's very tough. And, uh, you know, we don't like losing, you know, actually. You know, it's, it's, it's a tough situation we're in right now. Um, there's a few things that we did right today. There's others, like I talked earlier, you know, from 0-2 to 2 nothing. That's what happened in that first inning. You know, we were ahead of two count, two outs, and then all of a sudden they, they swing, you know, big swing is 2 nothing. So we just got to get, you know, better at that. But um, like I said, overall, honestly, you know, I, I hate losing. I don't like losing. I know where we at, but, you know, there were some some positives. That said, when the teams in the position, your teams in, how much emotion like team it that take out? Um... We're about to find out tomorrow, um, but obviously you saw their faces, you saw their reactions. You know it's not easy. You know you fight, 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 and one swing is over. But um, um, I, I don't know. we we'll, we're about to see tomorrow. All right, we'll
0: thanks go. to the manager. So uh, going forward, Sale against Clevenger Tuesday night. Sale coming off one of his better efforts all year. Our friends at Boston Sports Info unearthed this tasty nugget after his start last Thursday. Eight or more innings, two hits or fewer, no runs and 13 strikeouts, and doing that in fewer than 100 pitches. Number of times that's been done in the last 100 years is one. Sale against the Angels last time out. Still, that was only his sixth win all year. He already is in the mid-fours. Clevenger for Cleveland, pitching for a team that's now won 27 of 36, and he is 7-2, and two, 3.02, three runs allowed or less in each of his last seven starts. All right, some uh, off-topic news for you. The 2020 schedule came out, and maybe that's appropriate, just when you're ready to kind of maybe turn the page on 2019. We get to look forward to 2020. The season's going to open March 26th on, on a Thursday in Canada. I know they'll play it indoors, but, man, bring a coat. You get four to open in Toronto, three in Baltimore. Before you come home, and get a Thursday, April 2nd opener against the Chicago White Sox, is what we're looking at. And you get, uh, let's see, uh, the West Coast road trip out of the way early, Seattle and Oakland. Some other highlights from the schedule, I suppose. You've got Houston's weekend once again in the middle of May. It'll be Memorial Day weekend, actually. And you get the Yankees coming in for the first time, anyway, the, uh, I guess, what would be Father's Day weekend, June 12, 13, 14. We'll see the Braves for a couple games. The Cardinals are coming in. That's kind of neat. June 26th, 27, 28. That's the weekend. More Yankees at the end of July, a four-game series. The Cincinnati Reds are coming in, and actually the, the Sox will go there too. They'll play in uh, Cincinnati in September. The Reds are coming in in mid-August. A 4th of July spent in Pittsburgh, of all places, and the season's going to end with home games. It'll be Toronto and Baltimore to close things out. This will be the, the second straight season. The season ends with three home games against the Baltimore Orioles. So... If you were thinking about making plans for 2020, go ahead, rewind what I just said, and and there you have it. Hey, let's end on a high note, restore our faith in humanity a bit. just want to tell you about a couple things here. Eduardo Rodriguez did a really nice thing that I think you should know about, because when a a team of Little League kids, 8- to 10-year-old kids from Maracaibo, Venezuela, qualified for the Latin America Championship Tournament in Mexico, we didn't know this, but Erod is the guy that paid the airfare so the team could actually get there. And that cost him a pretty good amount of money. But he helped some kids make some history, make some memories. And uh, th- that's very cool that Erod did that. Another thing I want to let you know about, something you might want to peek at, on August 24th at 10.30 in the morning. It will air locally on Channel 44 in Boston. The Malden, Mass. District 12 Challenger team is going to Williamsport to represent the Challenger division at the, uh, the annual Challenger game at the Little League World Series. And that's a really neat thing for those kids, uh, allowing children with physical and intellectual challenges to play some baseball. Malden native Marie Shea founded that Challenger League about a dozen years ago now. She was named the Red Sox Foundation's 2015 Little League Volunteer of the Year. And we talked to her about how cool all this is for these special kids. Hearing that for us to be able to see, um, it's just so heartwarming to watch it and just gives you the goosebumps. Um, I've been saying for the past few years that we're going to go play that um, game one day. And so I applied, and before we knew it, we got the letter saying that we were chosen. And when I opened that letter, I just cried. It was just, like, so overwhelming to see that we we're actually really going. Um, this is such an honor, and we are so proud to be the first team to represent Massachusetts. Uh, thanks to Marie Shea for everything she does, and very best of luck to Malden, Mass, and the District 12 Challenger team great opportunity for those kids for sure. And with that, what was a great opportunity for the Red Sox? Wasted on a Monday night in Cleveland, which actually sounds pretty good. Let's go get wasted on a Monday night in Cleveland because the Red Sox are now just three games over 500 and that playoff picture getting fuzzier and blurrier with every passing day. Chin up. Talk soon. I'm Josh. Bye-bye.